Amen. Celebrate someone this morning. Celebrate someone this morning. And then we can have our seat wonderful in God's presence. Amen. Can I have a born again church this morning? I said amen. 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 Praise Jesus. The Bible says in the presence of God, there's fullness of joy. And the thing about joy is that it is outwardly expressed. You cannot be joyful and it's not seen all over you. Joy is outwardly expressed. So in the presence of joy, in the presence of God, there's fullness of joy. So if your joy is full this morning, let me see it outwardly. <laughs> now we are in church. Praise the Lord. So quickly, um, questions of time this morning. But God is going to do everything that he wants to do in Jesus' mighty name. I was talking to God about one of my daughters in church. And, you know, as a pastor, he got to a point that I'm like, God, what about sister, sister? And God was like, hey, you know what? Everything is fine. Everything's going to be fine. And I said, God, but, you know, if you can just show this person a token before the end of the year. And guess what God's response was? God was like, I don't do tokens. <laughs> so... I won't say that God should be talking for good. You get a full one. In the name of Jesus. God doesn't do talking. He does a full one. Your blessings will not be half. It shall be full. In the name of Jesus. So, there are different parables were recorded in the scriptures concerning, or rather, Jesus shared different parables. And the disciples at some point had to ask him that, come on, why are you talking in parables? And he said that, oh, it is not for everybody to understand. So, Jesus Christ spoke a lot of things in parable so that some people will be able to decode it, some will not be able to decode it. The people that followed him were able to decode. Those who were not following him will not be able to decode. So, it was intentional that, hey, it's not every word of Jesus that everybody needs to know. Right? And of the 24 parables that Jesus Christ spoke that were recorded in the book of Matthew, or that were recorded all through scriptures, most of them were in the book of Matthew. Right? And I think about 18 were in the book of Matthew. And 10 of them spoke about something that is called the kingdom of heaven. Right? Jesus Christ used those parables to move the initial church, the followers, from a position of all that they understood was everything that was on earth. They were the greatest fishermen. You know, one had a business of fishing. The other one was an amazing tax collector working in finance. You know, all of them had different categories and different um, professions in life. But Jesus needed to shift their mindset. Needs to create a, needed to create a paradigm from earthly things to heavenly things. And because they've never been to heaven, the only way he could explain it to them was to use things in this world to explain it to them. Right? He made them to understand some things that is not meant to be for everybody. Because if everybody understood those, these things that Jesus Christ was saying, guess what? Everybody will also do it. But he wanted only his disciples to be doing them. So he spoke in parables. Because the only way you could understand those parables is by the Spirit of God. Except if the teacher himself explains to you, being Jesus. And the reason why he did that, Jesus Christ came, and it's only in a few places that Jesus Christ will use the things that were in the world, the things that are earthly, to explain the things that he was doing. Rather than explain to them things that are earthly, he lived them. 
right? So that's why when you see the way the Bible was written, most of the life that he lived were written as well, right? But the things that could not be lived here on earth, there were principles that were operating behind what people were seeing, he explained to people in parables. The reason why Jesus Christ had to do that is because heavenly principles are laws and natural laws here on earth. Do you get that? Principles that are of the kingdom of heaven, when it comes to mere man, is a natural law. That means whether man likes it or not, it will be it has to happen. So if God tells us to do something based on the fact that it's a principle that is a that is the kingdom of heaven's principle, when you pray, when you apply that same principle there on earth, it will naturally completely fulfill itself. That does not mean that every natural law has a place, or rather any natural law has a, has a place in the kingdom of heaven. No, it's the other way around. Because the heavenly realm controls the physical realm. Am I making sense? So the heavenly, if there's a principle, all the parables and everything that Jesus Christ explains to us, and he always starts with, and the kingdom of heaven is like, each of those principles, whether you like it or not, it operates in heaven and it has to operate here on earth. So Jesus Christ was moving their mind away from just operating on the natural. Let us move a bit higher than the natural into the supernatural realm. And if you start operating on these principles, you start seeing the result that is much more than what anybody can. And this morning, so I want to challenge us, by the way, let us try, you know, in the next one month, go through all the parables of Jesus. It's not for the world. The truth is, that if you're not born again, you read out those parables and you're going to see a story. Right? But because you are born again and you have the Spirit of God within you, God is going to reveal things to you that my God, no book can reveal to you. No Christian book can reveal what God wants to reveal to you in those parables. So it is for you to read and let the Holy Spirit tell you specifically what he wants you to know at that time. That's why you can read the same parable every time and you get something different. Every time. Am I right, sir? Rabbi. <laughs> so this morning we'll consider one of those um, parables. One of the smallest one. And amazingly, that is one of the smallest or the shortest one of them is also actually talking about the smallest seed. Right? Matthew chapter 13. Matthew 13. I think it's just two scriptures, two verses. And he told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which a man took and planted in his seed. Though it's the smallest of all seed, yet when it grows, it is the largest of garden plants and becometh a tree, so that the birds come and perch in its branches. Amen. So short, yet so heavy. There's so many things in that scripture. In fact, all these years, when I have been reading it, I've been assuming that, oh, a mustard seed, right? God plants a mustard seed, and it becomes a big tree. But after a while, I started asking myself the question, because, come on, I didn't do agriculture recently, and I'm not an agriculturist, so I didn't know anything that. And I started thinking about it, that mustard seed or mustard plant cannot be the biggest tree around. So what? it was only when I looked closely that is talking about it from the context of a garden plant, right? That in the garden, it's most likely, especially in the area where this parable was written in particular, that the mustard seed out of all the garden plants would have been one of the 
biggest trees as it were there. God will help us in Jesus' mighty name. See, once you give your life to Jesus, once you give your life to Jesus, something happens. In fact, when you look at these scriptures, um, a, a Bible theologians will let us understand that it was talking about the three stages of Christianity. But that same principle we're going to apply this morning. Now, where, the day you gave your life to Christ, you are like a seed in the hand of God. Are you speaking church? God himself picks you and plants you where? In his garden. That's the first thing that I want us to look at. The phrase, in his garden. The day you gave your life to Christ, have to understand that, hey, there are things that you thought that you're doing by yourself, but it's God himself that's actually planting you where? In his garden. As long as you allow the principles and the word of God to be fulfilled in your life, then the marriage that you are going into is where? His garden. It is the best place where God sees you as a seed to manifest the greatness that lies within you. Are you with me? The job that you start to do at that time or the career that you find yourself, it is not because, hey, several of us actually did something different in university, but somehow, somehow we find ourselves in this amazing career. Or there are times that you sit down, you're like, oh God, I wish, you look at your friend, I wish I'm like that. But in actual fact, this is how God wants you to be. Listen, the person that you are today is exactly the best person that you need to be for where God is taking you to. You cannot live life in regret as Christians. Because scripture says all things work together for our good. So it doesn't matter whether it looks so beautiful, it doesn't look so beautiful, as you are, is what God needs for the next. At times we sit down and want our situation to be better, but guess what God is saying? All I need is the you that you are today. God does not need you a perfect person. He does not need you. See, if you are perfect and if everything is working for you, why do you need God? I've always said it that what God blesses with is a seed. All that God is looking for, all that God needs to plant in this garden is the seed. Because in every seed that God picks is greatness. Is the potential to be the best that you can be. So be assured this morning, your best is still ahead of you. Whatever it is that you are today is a seed for tomorrow. And you will get there in the name of Jesus. As long as you allow God to plant you in his garden which is the bit that all of us need to start being conscious of. Everything that I'm doing, everything I want to do, is it his or is it my garden? Are you with me? Be in God's garden that you can be sure. How do I know that it's, whether it's God's garden or not? Sometime back, they invited me for a singles event, and they put me on stage, and they were asking us different questions. And they got to the point of asking, what really is sin? I said, sin is a cumulative or resultant cumulative effect of disobedience. Listen, don't worry about the grammar. God said, if you do A, B, C, D, it's a sin, right? But do you know that every time you're disobeying, you're moving closer to disobeying, to fall into that sin. All at times you need to do is worry about little, little obediences. Then the bigger one will take care of itself. Honestly, all you need to worry about 
is obeying the little, little principles of the Bible, you will naturally be in God's plan. It's easy for us to sit down and be asking ourselves, our question ourselves every time, God, I want to know your will for my life. I want to know your plans for my life. I want to, if God should reveal it, at times you're going to run away. The general of Asia used to tell us a story that there were two people who went to the Abalist. It's a story. It's not like that two people went to the Abalist. The, the Abalist prophesied to the two of them, you, hey, you'll be rich. When they're looking for the, the, the meaning of the word rich, they'll be looking at you. And then that person faced that other person and said, you, you'll be so poor that when they look for additional meaning of the word poverty, they'll be looking at you. And guess what? Both of them left. One was sad. The other one was happy. The one that they prophesied riches to chose that since they prophesied. I don't need to do anything. It's like sleeping. The one that they prophesied poverty to started working. Working so much so that at least if, my, if, they, if his poverty is going to be 100, let me even get one. Right? Yes, down the line. The one that was meant to be poor became rich. The one that was meant to be rich became poor. And they went to the herbalist and said, but come on, you are not a true herbalist. Guess what the man said? He said, and this is the moral, but this is the moral of the story. Every prophecy, every written word has your own part to play in it. Are you with me? So in actual fact, all the things that you're asking God for, God, when will this happen? When will this happen? When will this happen? At times, if it tells you, you will knock it off. Exactly the same thing that happened to Zechariah, the father of John the Baptist. So much so that he knew that this man talks too much. That if you allow this man, he would have told everybody, you know, he's been waiting in God for, God for, a, for a child forever, Zechariah. Isn't it? Then suddenly, the angel Gabriel came and said, your wife is going to have a child. God knew that this guy would tell the whole world. Right? What happened to him? He went dumb till the day it was going to happen. And thanks God allows things like that. Because if not, you might take yourself rather from your own garden or rather from his garden to you into the garden that is making for somebody else. Are you with me, church? You know, in that scripture that we looked at is an amazing thing. See, you might look small today. You might look small today. You might be uh, inconsequential. You might look at your workplace and it appears that even when you are talking, nobody listens to you. I remember one of my workplace back in the days. When I get there and I'm talking, nobody was listening to me, right? We'll be at meetings like this. I will say my own point, maybe because of my accent or what, they will not listen to me. It was only when things started going wrong that I realized that they were listening. They heard what I was saying. It wasn't my accent. It was because they chose not to listen to me. Because when things started going wrong, they now realized that, but Opie said so. Opie said so. Guess what? Suddenly I became a consultant in my own workplace. That's how it is. If people are ignoring you, if people are putting you aside, don't worry, they're cooperating with God's plan. In fact, it is confirming to you that though your beginning might be small, your latter end might greatly increase. It is confirming to you that you're actually a candidate for God to use and to bring greatness out of. Are you with me, church? If you think that people are despising you, great. They can't pronounce your name, great. So that you know your benchmark. So understand that in that scripture, there's three faces as well. The first face is the seed face. When you are just a seed, 
when you are just a seed. The danger of that seed phase is that every seed has three destinies. Either it's planted, it is eaten, or something eats it. Nothing will eat you. Can I get a better amen? Nothing will eat you. I said nothing will eat you. I said three three things. It's planted, it's eaten, or or it's decayed, sorry. (laughs) You're not going to be decayed. (laughs) But the main part of it is that the best thing a seed can be is when it is planted. Are you with me? The best a seed can be is when it is planted. Isaiah chapter 37 verse 21 says, Then the remnant, we shared it last week, the remnant of Judah will bear root downward. Listen, where you are planted, wherever it is that you are planted, please dig deeper. Right? Dig deeper. If God plants you in this home, your husband, your husband and wife, Dig deeper into that relationship. Let your root be committed to that relationship. God has planted in your career. Listen, you might not, it might not be the best career that you can be planted in need. Dig deeper. Because the depth of your root determines the height of your stem. Do you get it? Whatever it is that God has committed. Listen, and I was saying it before, commitment is important to fruitfulness. Commitment is important to fruitfulness. Dig deep. Don't be one leg in that relationship and one leg out. In the same way, your relationship with Jesus, don't be one leg in, one leg out. I'm a Christian today. I'm not a Christian tomorrow. Be Commit into it. That is the only way your, shoot, your roots can go up. Listen, when you, plant a, when you plant a seed, guess what happens to the farmer? It feels like a loss. It feels like nothing. It appears to be like, oh, nothing was happening. But in actual fact, that seed is getting roots downward first. That stage is extremely crucial. How deep your root is determines how long you survive in that. If you are not so committed to your marriage, and every time you commit, I don't know why I'm just married today. Every time you compare your husband or your wife to somebody else outside, guess what? It's only a matter of time. Right? The job that God has blessed you with, rather you thanking God about it every time, oh, if only I was, if only I was, if only I was. You go to work every day, mumbling and grumbling, it's only a matter of time. Are you with me in church? Dig deep. Be committed in your career. Be committed in your church. Dig deep. Be committed in the things of God. Amen. The second phase is the growing phase. When, listen, when, okay, the root has gone down, then after a while, a few days after, the, the mustard seed, I read that, oh, it, it starts, the shoots start coming out after 10 days, right? After some time, you start seeing the shoots come out the same way that, hey, if you were the farmer, you see the shoots come out, there's a bit of hope, but that hope is nothing, right? Think about it. When you started your career, you were nobody. Then somehow, somehow, it appears that they are reckoning with you. It doesn't mean that you have arrived. The mistake that most of us make as Christians is that God that is taking us to this place that is very high because we've enjoyed a little blessing. We, at times, we've mistaken our growing process for when, for the height of where we should be. 
please, ladies, guys, because you are married does not mean that you start taking the other person for granted. It's only the beginning. It's only the beginning. Now that you've gotten to that place, that's more the time that you're just the growing. It's only the growing phase. That phase is the most confusing phase because it gives you a sign of progress, but there's nothing. That is why Jesus Christ got to that fig tree and looked at the fig tree. Ah, you've grown. There's nothing in you. That's not where God is taking us to. Let us stop mistaking it that, oh, because God is blessing and adding to us every day. You know, you look around. Look at that fig tree. Suddenly, the fig tree or the mustard seed starts growing, starts growing. Look at the other tree. I'm taller than all of you. Does not mean that you have got it to your best yet. Your best is only when you get to that point where others can come and feed off you. Are you with me, church? Your best, where God is taking you to, is that point where others can come and have their livelihood in you. When you yourself, you got to that point that you're not selfish anymore. The fact that you are struggling to share what you have, guess what it is? You have not arrived. The future is still better than where you are. Hence, you cannot rest on your oars and think that, oh, yeah, now that we are here, let us... You need to be careful, and all of us need to be careful of that face. We are not there yet. We are not there yet. Caleb got at a very old age, was still crying, that give me this mountain. Think about it. There's so much more you and I can still do in God. Bible says, eyes have not seen, ears have not heard. Not as it come to the heart of man, what God wants to do. Think about it. If you can still think of it, you are not there yet. Quickly. How do you manage each of these faces? Remember what I said. Every, the place that you are today, the person that you are today is the seed for tomorrow. Right? Hence, you must learn to maximize your present day. The seed face, you must learn to maximize it. You must be excited on who you are. You must be excited in what God has made you. It might look rough when you compare it with the parameters of the world. It might look like, oh God, but why me? But guess what? If that did not happen, you're not going to get to where God wants to take you to. I like to use the story of Joyce Meyer a lot, right? All the pain that Joyce Meyer went through in life, if she did not go through them, she would not be the woman that she is today. Listen, at times God is involved in our pains. Why are we going through it? That's why God will not tell you anyway. Because if you are told the Israelites that, hey, that journey that's 40 days, it's going to take 40 years. They will not leave Egypt. So we allow you, we just take you by the hand. Those times when you are feeling discouraged, you want to go back to Egypt, it will always encourage you. But we allow you to go through it. Because those stories are the things that God needs for the testimonies of tomorrow. Enjoy who you are. Enjoy what God is making through you. Enjoy the pain. Enjoy the traumas. Enjoy the blessings. Enjoy the provision. Enjoy everything. Bible says that godliness with contentment is great gain. Be happy with who you are. And Jesus is going to be glorified in you.
Look at the way Psalm 139 puts it, verse 13 to 16. Psalm 139, verse 13 to 16. This is how God works with us. He says, for you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you for I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you. When I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depth of the earth, your eyes saw the unformed substance, and the books were written, every one of them the days that were formed for me. Don't think that you're a mistake. Don't think that the things that are happening bad to you you might think that you were the one that made the error, but God, guess what? God allowed it. If God does not want you to be like that, grace would have shown up. So for you to be that person today, God allowed it because you need it. Tell somebody you need it. Oh, come on. Tell that. <laughs> See, Dr. John is there, and I'm sure there's possible there's doctors in the. The devil did not create pain. If somebody does not feel pain again, I'm sure that's a disease. Yeah, because pain has to be a reaction to something that is wrong. Am I right, sir? If somebody is not feeling pain at all, there's a problem. So for the, at times, the reason why we go through those pain is so that something can be done. So that we can channel it to the right place. I pray that all your pain will become strength. In the name of Jesus. I pray that all your tears, God will wipe away. All your tears shall become testimonies. In the name of Jesus. That through those pains, a lot of other people will be blessed of, of such stories. In the name of Jesus. During the growing stage, however, there's a characteristic of plants. Um, taxism. That plants always grow towards the source of light. Are you with me? When you are starting to grow and it's appearing that, okay, things are starting to show up, please don't forget that Jesus is your light. Are you with me? Don't forget that Jesus is your light. Because what motivates you determines how far you're going to go in life. Listen, what motivates you determines how far you're going to go in life. If what motivates you, if the reason why you're going to marriage, yeah, is because ask so someday I can carry my own children. The day you have your babies, marriage is over. If it's money that motivates you, you realize that you're very insatiable every time money shows up. But if Jesus is your light, forever you grow. Are you with me, church? Let Jesus be the center of your focus, church. Also realize that God makes all things beautiful in his time. Now, still on the mustard seed, let me, let me, let me say this, and then we'll start rounding up. They said, I read that mustard seed grows best at 45 degrees centigrade. So it grows best when there's heat. Are you with me? In fact, they said the mustard seed will not grow as tall or, or it, will not, it will not produce as much if the temperature is 40 degrees. So the higher the temperature, the better. The lower, the lower the results. 
Listen, Jesus Christ is not, out of all the examples, all the seed that Jesus Christ could have used, he would have used that for a reason. Because it is easy for us as Christians to ask the question, why do bad things happen to Christians? At times, it is because we thrive on such. Look at the story of Abraham. Abraham was one person in the scripture that God revealed himself to in several ways. And guess what? Every time God revealed himself to Abraham, it was out of something that's not working. When there was no food, when there was famine, I'm the God who's your provision. Right? When oh, someone was not feeling well, the God will show himself as the God who heals. When there was trouble, I'm the God who is your peace. Listen, the revelation of God for us, most of us will know God more when things are not working. Because that is when we're going to realize that we need help. If everything is working, you don't look towards God. Come on, be honest. The best promises that you've made concerning the things of God were when all chips were down. And when things are working, in fact, God knew that these people, when I bless them, they will forget I'm the one that gave them wealth. So he put things in place to make sure that you remember. So the, 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 the temperature might be rough around you, but listening, rather than jumping out, I was using this as an example to someone. So this is my own parable. Parable according to Pope. Imagine where you are cooking rice. Am I using you? Imagine where you are cooking rice. Some of the rice, you know when you are cooking rice, the rice, look at the pot, the rice, all of them will be screaming. Some will endure it. Some will jump out of the pot. Those that jump out of the pot, what happens to them? Number one, they're not cooked. What is the best, what is their destiny straight away? You pack them in the bin. But those that stay to the end, that endured, right? They are well cooked and they are pleasing to the person that cooks it. Listen, church, be pleasing unto God. Let not your life be determined by the challenges that you are going through. Let's be determined by the pleasures of God. Listen, church, please, if you've not taken anything, take this. God desires you much more than anything for his pleasure. Your story. Stay in God. Your story will end up for the pleasure of God. Your story will end up to the glory of God. People will hear your story and give praises to God. People will hear your story and give thanks to your father. It does not matter what the devil is throwing across your way. The devil was thinking that he was winning concerning Jesus Christ, but look at us here today. In the same way, it's just a matter of time. Your story will draw many to Christ. Go ahead and just appreciate God this morning. Go ahead and just talk to him this morning. Go ahead this morning and just talk to God. Please pray to God one prayer that, Lord, let me not be stagnant in you. Let me not just remain a seed. Please plant me right. Let me not just be planted. Let me grow. Let me just not grow. Lord, please take me to that place where my life is your place for your pleasure. Where, where all, everything about me is for your pleasure, is for your glory. That when someone, when we're looking for someone who God has been with, 
let me be the evidence of that your goodness. Please talk to God this morning. Talk to God this morning. And please be talking to God. Don't get distracted. Talk to God. And if this morning you don't have Jesus as the Lord and Savior, honestly, you are not a seed in his hand. But this morning we can transfer you into his hand so that I can plant you in his garden. And I'm not going to call you outside. I'm just going to make your decision where you are. So this morning, you want to give your life to Jesus, just raise up your hand and pull it back down. Just as a show. You want to give your life to Jesus, just raise up your hand and pull it back down. Everyone, we have to do it someday. Or you want to rededicate your life to Jesus, just raise up your hand and pull it back down. So that God can plant you in his garden. While there's no one, let every one of us pray that, Lord, please, let me continually be found in you. Let me not walk away before my time. Let me not end before my time. Let me not end before my time. Let me not think that I've arrived before my time. Talk to God, church. Talk to God, church. Father, we thank you. We give you all the glory and all the honor. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Father, Lord, we pray for everyone this morning and myself inclusive. That, Lord, please, help us to stay in your hand. Help us to stay in your will. Help us to be the person that you want us to be. We pray for great life connections. Let us not plant ourselves. Let us not do things the way we want to do it. But, Father, in the name of Jesus, let us continually be in your hand. Let us be a seed that is worthy in your hand. Thank you, mighty Father. In Jesus' mighty name. Celebrate Jesus, everyone.